How many of you want to stand up and sing and shout when you hear songs like that? Isn't that awesome? It's a great day to be in the Lord's house. This morning, as you look, there's a visual coming up, and uh, it's just a map of the world. Michael did a really good job putting this together. And it shows us starting here in Montgomery, and you'll begin to see that it's going to take off, and it'll go all across the waters, all across the globes to different nations and partnerships that we're in. I am a visual learner. I learned that many of you are visual learners. And my prayer is that you will get a picture this morning in your heart as you begin to pray for our mission emphasis and other churches that have mission emphasis and pray to the nations that you will see that Christ Community is a lot more than a church that sits at 8285 Ryan Road. But it's a church that goes to Brazil, it goes to Africa. You, you saw some of the water pictures there. That's where we were digging wells in Africa with uh, James Robinson. And we just dug two this past year. And that's going to nourish about 2,000 children and their families that will have fresh water so they won't die. It's an amazing feat. Let me just share a couple things with you as we're looking at the globe and as you see uh, those things. These are partnerships that we have. These brochures are available at the Information Center, and they tell you about our commitment to missions here. 10% of all the general dollars go into that mission fund. We've done that since day one. And literally, we've given away hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of thousands of dollars and it's all Jesus anyway, but it's just been a, a neat uh, concept to rest in. But let me just give you a couple. One, uh, or I'm going to give you several, Christian Missions Unlimited. That's the agency, the organization that Randy, our associate pastor, served on. And they build churches in Brazil. I had the honor of going with them last spring, this fall. Uh, there's a young couple in our church. I'll leave them nameless today, but they're getting ready to go this fall. Randy and Lisa have been a number of times. And uh, so we partnered to build churches in Brazil. Another one's Go International. Burt Jones, a really good friend of mine. Uh, they build churches. They plant churches all across the globe. He just returned from Peru uh, this past week. We've been praying for him. He'll be here next weekend. and uh, It's an awesome partnership. The next one's Impact. There's a guy. He's really a crazy man. His name is Robbie Robinson. He's a little bit older than me, but he acts like he's about 14. And he is absolutely, he makes me look like I'm on tranquilizers. He has more passion, joy, wild man for the Lord. And God's people said... You don't know him. You just wait. He's a fun evangelist that just sees hundreds and hundreds of people coming to Christ every year. You go. We've been building churches in Ensenada. We've built five. Hopefully we'll build some more in the future. Those are for families that are in an impoverished situation. And we begin to be the love of Christ through adult and student teams. Another one would be Character at Heart. Lisa serves there on their staff and Covenant Family Ministry, building teams for Christ. Those are really, really powerful ministries. Compassion in the last service, maybe, is Michelle, is she in this service? Or she, there she is. I just bragged on you last service. Michelle was an IT person at Compassion International, and that's a ministry that takes care of children. We support a number of their children all across the planet, and I'm just so glad that you and Mike are in our church, but that's, a, that's an awesome ministry. Save a life. Our church is pro-life, and the church said... We have given away so many thousands of dollars to support this ministry that they aid young women that come in that are unmarried, they're pregnant, they don't know what to do. They counsel them from have, not having abortions to choosing life for their kids. They win young women to Christ. I've actually gone and spoken to the post-abortive women and all the guilt. I mean, it's an awesome ministry. World Help, we've been establishing churches in northern India, training pastors there. Faith Radio, y'all remember Gary Hunley, don't you? Love Gary Hunley. God promoted him to glory. Uh, we've been supporting Faith Radio since we began the church. Grace Campus here last weekend. Uh, the church goes forward to university students in Hong Kong with Matt and April Dean. And I want to tell you, as of uh, this morning when I got on campus, 
you had given $3,397.36. Can an usher or somebody give me a total from the first service this morning? Can anybody do that? They're working on that. Okay. Uh, would somebody make sure that they get that to me? I'd love to give the total if we could at the end of this service how much we took up. Because last service, let me just tell you how spiritual this guy is. Last time I fought the Holy Spirit first service, I was obedient in this service as you, if you were here last week. Today we came back and we made sure we rectified it and we asked the first service to give. So we're waiting to see what the grand total is. Uh, Covenant Family, Russian Sleeping Bag Ministry, cool thing. Medical Missions to Guatemala, we love Guatemala. China, Ryan John, a local evangelist that we're supporting him. Uh, chosen people carrying the gospel to Israel in South Florida. Life outreach, that's digging wells of water. Military mission, on and on and on. In other words, I'm just trying to tell you, we're into missions, and missions is a lot bigger than Montgomery, Alabama, but it's to the world. You see this right here? This is one of my favorite deals. This is probably one of the neatest pieces I've ever gotten in my life. Uh, I saw it in another state on a guy's desk, and I said, where did you get that? I've got to have one. And I ended up ordering one. And let me tell you what's so cool about it. This right here, out of the tradition, I came out of some Wesleyan roots. There was a guy, the founder, you probably heard of him. His name's John Wesley. And you might want to write this quote down. He had a great line, and I remember it at my ordination. He says, the world is my parish. This sits on my desk to always remind me that the gospel of Jesus Christ is so much bigger than the river region area. It's all across the lands, all the different peoples, and it reaches out to all people groups. And all God's people said a big... That's the gospel. It's the gospel. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. He loves the world. I like it when God uh, gets specific and he goes, I love you. I love you and I love you. And he calls you by name. But he loves the world. Christ died for the world that he might win the world to himself through his son. Anyway, we're going to get into this today. I want you to uh, listen to this right here. From the 96th Psalm, I love reading the Psalms been doing this for decades and i want you to listen to the word of the lord just three verses sing to the lord a new song sing to the lord all the earth sing to the lord praise his name proclaim his salvation day after day declare his glory among the say it like you really meant it declare his glory among the his marvelous deeds among all the people for great is the Lord, and He's worthy to be praised. Circle nations in your Bible. Any church, there's a lot of churches represented here today because we had baptism, and we had guests come, and a lot of sickness going on, and we're delighted in your presence. And my prayer is that your church is mission-minded, and you want to carry the gospel. A lot of people go, oh, I know about that mission stuff, but I'm not buying a tank of gas. I'm not getting on an airplane. I'm not going to Africa. I'm not going to Brazil. I'm not going to India. I'm not even going to Op Alabama. I'm not going to Op Alabama either unless God tells me. You know what I'm saying? I mean, if you told me God wants you to go down and minister to the rattlesnake capital of the world, I'd go, I don't think you heard God. I have not. I mean, I like Op. I really do. But, I mean, playing with snakes. I mean, if you bring snakes in here, I promise you I won't come back. Okay? But, I just, it's, but you know, if God told me, man, I want you to go to Op and I want you to minister to those crazy people, Maybe there's some of your relatives. I'm sorry I'm being so bold. Anyway, so here's the project. Because in the book of Jonah, God called Jonah to go to a group of people. Starts with an N. What's their name? Nineveh. Ninevites. He didn't. He detested. They were deplorable. Man, they, they killed and burned and killed each other's families. And man, their atrocities and sin abounded. And God says, I love the Ninevites. And you know what? God's going to call us maybe to go to some people we don't like. 
we don't love. And I want to know, after what Matt said last weekend, what gets in between me and you and people? Is it our pride? Is it our callous heart? We don't care about the world. We're not concerned with the lost world that's hurting and dying. In just a couple of weeks, we're going to commission here our newest mission team going to New Orleans. Chuck's leading a team of 15 folks that are going to serve in New Orleans and to rebuild. And it's going to be an awesome thing. Let me get you to fill in the very top of your worship guide. It won't come up on the slide. I had a miscommunication, my fault. But listen, I want you to fill this in. Our purpose in life is to declare God's glory. Glory equals worth or value. You know, it means um, God's glory here comes from the Greek word doxa. It means the exact representation of God. It means to, to look like God, to come into the image of God, that you bear likeness, representation of His name, of His honor, of His weight to the nations. And God wants to do some incredible things today if we'll just hang with Him and say, God, I purpose to declare Your glory by doing this. And let's look at some things that this is. Ready? Number one, we declare His glory when we're transformed into His image. The Bible says in Romans, we are to be conformed to the image of Jesus Christ as His children, as His disciples. It means to become like Christ. It means to be Christ-like. It means that His glory somehow fills our life, and that glory is reflective. We're like a mirror. We reflect the presence, the image of Jesus Christ to the saved and the unsaved world. God wants to do that in us today. In Matthew 28, 19, turn there with me. You know this passage. We built the church on this passage. It's the words of Jesus here. I love what he says. He says, Therefore, go and make disciples of some of the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Not what it says. He says, do what? Go and make what? Disciples of how many? All. The entire world. I love the world. I died for the world. I'm calling the church to go to the world, to go out and to make my name known, to go and to make disciples. You know, you're saying, well, man, it's, it's a great commission. It's so powerful here. But there's this disconnect between the world and your seat. There's something about, man, I'm not called to be a missionary. It would be uncomfortable. It would be sacrificial. You're right in that, friend. God hasn't given me the temperament and the spiritual gifts to do that. I, I don't feel like. But the word go is a participle. It's an action verb. It means to go forth. It means to get up off your lazy whatever, and, and go, move. God has called the gospel and he's put it, he's deposited the gospel in us and we are to be active as Christ followers. Would you agree with me, church? But a lot of people are like, well, I'm just going to sit in my seat, you know. Well, God calls us not just to go, but when we go, we're an everyday witness for him. Uh, this commandment here is to all believers. It's to rest in Jesus because his grace has somehow redeemed us, restores us, and yes, refreshes us re-energizes us to rise up. These folks that were baptized today, there were four, two in this service, two in the earlier service. They said yes to Jesus. My prayers, they're going to walk in new kingdom authority. What kind of authority are you walking in today? Well, here it is. Get ready to fill in. As we proclaim the gospel. See, some people are believers, but they're not followers of Jesus. And that's even got some weird theology for me, but that's for another day. The thing is, it's not just enough to believe with your head, but it's to believe with your heart and to confess with your mouth that Jesus Christ is Lord, and then to follow Jesus. Because when we follow Jesus, we become like Him. 
And then that representation, that glory begins to to flow out of our life. And I want you to look at this. Look over at Matthew chapter 4. Look at Matthew chapter 4. I want you to see something. We're being a good Baptist church, as I told them earlier this morning. We're flipping. We're having sword drill. It's on page 853. That is not going to help you in the least unless you have my exact Bible. But humor me anyway, okay? You know, in some churches you go, turn to your pew Bibles now. We don't have a pew. And all God's people said, amen. Because if you sat in a pew lately, you went, yeah, thank you, Jesus. We don't have them. As the girl asked me one day, she was quite large girl. And she said, Pastor, we were at AUM. She goes, when we leave AUM and we move to the physical building at Ryan Road, I have a question. I thought it was going to be a great spiritual question. I said, almost called her name. Shame on me. And I said, well, what would your question be? She goes, I just want to know, Pastor. Are the chairs going to be fat friendly? And I had a resounding, yes, they're going to be fat friendly if they need to be. Okay, here we go. All right. Some of you thought that was funny. Some of you are like, he's talking about me. Well, you know, hey, I thought they were pretty comfortable to me too. Here you go. 417. From that time on, Jesus began to preach, repent, circle it, for the kingdom of heaven is near. It always starts with a turning of your life from sin to the Savior. A new directive, a new direction in your life that you begin to follow hard. But I want you to come down to your 19. Come follow me, Jesus said, and I'll make you fishers of men. Did a whole series on that. And that's the call of a Christ follower is to be a disciple and to be fishing, to be sharing, to be witnessing, to be evangelizing. But I want you to go down to verse 23. I love this. Jesus went throughout Galilee, teaching in the synagogues, preaching the good news of the kingdom, and healing every disease and sickness. How many of you are glad that our God is a God that can do anything He chooses to do? And you know what I love about this? People don't call me and go, No, Pastor, I know you don't believe, and I don't believe, but you just do one of them little ritual things and we'll just go on. I get people all the time, they call I know you believe in the power of Jesus. Would you pray for my body? Would you pray for my finances? They ask you, would you pray for my soul? Would you pray for restoration? The power of Jesus is right here in this very room, and it's available to all that will call. I love what Jesus said. Jesus said, I'm going to go away. Oh, no, Jesus, we want to hold on to you. No, if I don't go away, he won't come. But if I go and I'm with my Father and I ascend on high, oh, I'm going to help you. I'm going to send a helper. And he's going to be the comforter. And he's going to come in power from on high. And he's going to fill your life. And he's going to bring to remembrance everything that I've taught you. And the dunamis, the power, the dynamite is going to come and fill your life. It's the Holy Spirit, friend. How many of you excited about that? Yeah. You're like, man. And he says, you can even do greater works than I did. I'm like, well, Jesus, your works are pretty cool, man. You're raising dead and you're going to the mother-in-law's houses and making the sick well and you're and you're spitting on people. I mean, you know, see, I love that about Jesus because I spit all the time. And uh, except when I spit, nobody gets well. But um, I don't know why I said that. Although I walked up in the front hall a minute ago and somebody, I touched somebody. And, you know, just, you know, when you're a pastor and you speak and you touch people all the time and it's the ministry of Jesus. And I don't think about it. And I, and I touched this little boy. I mean, I wasn't like, I wish I'd have been spiritual. I just put my hands on his head to let him know I loved him. And as soon as I did that, his dad made this comment. The boy is really sick. You might want to go clean your hands, Pastor. Thank God he told me that before I touched my mouth. You know what I'm saying? I love it in the winter when people come in, they go, (coughs) hey, Pastor, how you doing? Oh, gross. We need some healing power of Jesus around this place. You know what I'm talking about? Oh, you know what I'm talking about. Man, he heals. Man, he's here. So here it is. Let's move through this because this grace restores. It's all about the finished work of Jesus. As we proclaim the gospel here, and then we share the word, fill it in, sharing the word. What do you think of Jesus? 
we share with others, this is who Jesus is to me. This is what Jesus has done for me. This is what Jesus has called me to do. We partner with Him. Matt said it beautiful. We just simply say, yes, Lord, I'll go. I mean, last weekend, I know Don and I made a sacrificial gift because the Lord called us out to do it. And then this week, God called me out again to do something in faith. And I had a thought this week. Jesus, you know, I've been following you for a long time. And I love you. But, you know, Jesus, this is really getting expensive following you. And I feel like Jesus chuckled and said, since when did it cost you to follow me? It's deny yourself, pick up your cross, and follow. I cannot preach a gospel that is not the full gospel of Jesus Christ. And it is sacrificial, church. This gospel went, Pastor, if you, just, if you just love Jesus enough, you'll never get sick again. Huh? And you'll have a Lexus in the driveway in the morning, morning and you'll have a good attitude. That ain't true. And nothing will break. Man, y'all, let me tell you, everything breaks. You know what I'm talking about? Around the church here, like everything's breaking. And my house is breaking. And let me just tell you this. And, and this, this is a crazy story. This past week, Clint was over at the house. We're trying to get some windows and doors in. I love Clint. He's my man. And uh, so I was trying to, uh, we were trying to meet and come, and somebody was delivering something. So I said, I'm going to leave the garage open. And I, I ran out and jumped in the car, and then the thought hit me. Turn the deadbolt. So I jumped out of the car, and y'all know me. I'm kind of wide open, ADD a little bit. And, uh, and I'm like, man, I'm doing this. I mean, I'm like full sprint. Boom! I hit that garage door. Oh, my goodness, I saw stars. I thought, Lord, I'm coming home. And uh, had my brand-new glasses on. I thought, Man, I just broke my glasses. I just bought them. That's all I could think about. And, you know, I'm kind of seeing stars, you know. I didn't know Clint was out in the truck laughing. No, he didn't see me. He had his head down. He tells me we could have won $10,000 had he seen that because I hit that door and it stopped me. I, and I got in the house. And as soon as I got in the house, I had paint all over my face from the garage door. Paint here, paint here. My nose is profusely bleeding. I'm going, yes, Jesus, yes, you know. And it, yeah, it was kind of one of them kind of weeks, you know what I'm saying. You say, well, you must have been in sin. <laughs> Say what? In sin, I just just had a momentary lapse of judgment. You know what I'm saying? And you're going, and don't pick on me because you'll do something dumb today too. Okay, here we go. Proclaim, amen. Proclaim the gospel, share the word, be an incarnational Christ follower. Let Jesus fill your life completely. Follow him, partner with him. Lord, you give me this gift. And then the next one is we proclaim the greatness of God. I love the song that Adam chose this morning. How great is our God? He'd go, how small is our God? Who would have sang that song? How magnificent and mighty. Your glory fills the earth. Lord, we quake at your presence. Lord, you are Jehovah. You are the resurrected one. Lord Jesus, we bow before you. Great and holy is your name to be praised. Amen? So you're like, well, you know, you kind of get excited about it. Well, yeah, I need to get excited about him. I sure couldn't get excited about my football team this past season. And even if I could, it wouldn't matter. Everything falls in pale comparison to the Lordship of Jesus Christ. We proclaim. And as John Wesley, once again, he says, the world, the world is my neighborhood. The world is my parish. I love the world. So this morning, I'm praying. We're getting outside the doors here and saying, God, you're great. The next blank is teaching the word. We teach the word. We clarify the word. It clarifies confusion when we begin to study the Word. And I want to say this to you. Some of you aren't convinced yet to get in Bible study. I beg you to have personal daily devotions as we're reading through the Bible this year together, many of us. But I encourage you to do more. I encourage you to get the Bible and get with other believers in a small group on campus, off campus, somewhere, and begin to study the eternal truths of Scripture. Say, Lord Jesus, frame my life by your Word. 
Lord, make me like you. I know what I was. I know who I am becoming. And I know what my end goal is, is to give you honor and glory. So here it is. We live as Jesus lives. It's important to have Bible study. I'm all about Bible study. But my prayer is, is to get you, write this down. My prayer is to get you from the seat to the street. You know what I'm saying? See, people come in every weekend, hundreds and hundreds coming in every weekend and thousands over the course of the year. And it's an awesome thing to display and to glorify and to magnify and to teach the living word of the Lord God. It is an honor. But if that's all you do, go, I got another outline filled out. I got another message. How about take it to the streets of Montgomery, of the river region, to the world? Amen? And that changes our life. And man, the world's waiting to see a message that today somehow somebody had an intersection of faith with Jesus and he changed their life and he gave them a new vision for their life and what they could become. I think about Bruce Davis several years ago. Bruce came to me and says, Keith, I've got, a, I've got a vision, something I want to do. I said, what do you want to do, Bruce? He goes, I want to start softball at Christ Community. I go, man, that'd be great. And then I asked the next question, what's that going to cost us? You know what we had that year? Five softball teams. We led the city in softball teams. You know, our church is definitely not the biggest, but we had more softball players. But you know what was cool about that? Over the years, we have baptized many of the softball players that have placed their faith in Jesus Christ. It was a bridge. It, it, it connected them to Christ. And if you talk to Bruce, he tells you, man, that's my goal. Well, we're going to have fun. We're going to have fellowship. And you know, there's guys and girls that started coming to church. And some of them, you know, people are like, man, I can't believe they came to church. Don't you just hate that? Like, man, look over there. Man, look at her. I think now I'll look back at you and go, look at you, hypocrite. I mean, you know what I'm saying? Hey, man, just be glad. I love it when wicked, sinful people come into the house of God. They can get their lives changed. That's another thing to be a member of the church and be in fellowship and living in sin. We need to deal with that, too. But, I mean, man, this is a house. These doors are open for sinners. How about you, church? Well, you know, you ain't got to open for sinners. I mean, if we don't, we've got to kick you out tomorrow, okay? Here we go. So, we, here it is. We demonstrate His love. It's a call to action. To follow Christ is a call to action. And then, I want you to look over at Luke, 4, uh, Luke chapter 4, verses 16. Here it is. It's the Lord Jesus, and He has the scroll, and it's unrolled. And it's from the great prophet Isaiah. So you find this in Isaiah, I believe, 61, but you also find it recorded in the Gospel of Luke. And this is our orders. I love this. Listen to it. He went to Nazareth, being Jesus, where he had been brought up. And on the Sabbath day, he went into the synagogue. It was his custom. And he stood up to read. The scroll of the prophet Isaiah was handed to him. Unrolling it, he found the place where it is written, The Spirit of the Lord is on me. Because he has anointed me to preach good news to the poor, he has sent me to proclaim freedom to the prisoners and recovery of sight for the blind, to release the oppressed, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. Isn't that our job? Is to set the prisoner free. Just a couple weeks ago, we had a guy at our men's retreat, and he's got an incredible testimony. I wish Jamie Culpepper could be in every church. He's really got the gift of evangelism, and two young men gave their heart to Jesus, and he talked about the prison, the little physical prison, and the things that had uh, captured his life. But the grace of Jesus touched him and set him free in a magnificent way. Isn't that your story of grace this morning? That Christ touched your hardened, sin-filled life and he changed you one day? And if it's not your story, it could be your story today. So we demonstrate. And then here's the thing. It says, rise up in response to God and then we serve the word. What the word tells us to do, we do. Lord Jesus 
You tell me many things. Your acts are marvelous and I can't contain them. And what you say do, I want to learn to say yes. I want to learn to say yes to the voice of the Lord. And when we say yes, there's blessing and there's honor. And then John chapter 5, verses 17 through 20, listen to what Jesus says here. It's a great um, passage. Listen to this. Jesus said to them, My Father is always at work to this very day, and I too am working. For this reason, the Jews tried all the harder to kill him. Not only was he breaking the Sabbath, but he was even calling God his own Father, making himself equal with God. And Jesus gave them this answer. I'll tell you the truth. The Son of God can do nothing by himself if he can only do what he sees his Father doing. Because whatever the Father Whatever the Father does, the Son also does. For the Father loves the Son and shows Him all He does. Yes, to your amazement, He will show you even greater things than these. Jesus does what the Father does. And as Christ followers, we should do what Jesus does and what He leads us in Holy Scripture and what the Holy Spirit begins to speak into our life and as He prompts us to follow after Him. So our role here, here it is, right, right down. Be aware of the needs around you. There's so many needs in this place today. People that have gathered on the campus since early 30, man, they came with a variety of needs. And my prayer is that some of those needs have been met today in Jesus' name. Others will be met this afternoon, some next week, some next month, some next year, and some will leave maybe not having their needs met. Maybe simply because we didn't respond to the voice of the Lord to do what He told us to do. So He says, become aware of the needs the, the marginalized, the pushed out, the downcast of society. Reach out to them. Become aware of the needs. In this economy, I'm not meeting anybody that doesn't have needs. I mean, everywhere I turn, somebody's got some kind of need. There's something pressing in on their heart, and it's sapping their soul, and it's sapping their spiritual vitality, and it's time for the church to rise up. I love what Beth Moore said. What a great woman of faith. What a great Bible teacher. She says, if we serve comfort as our God, little g, we won't receive from the God of all comfort. My prayer is, oh God of all comfort, would you comfort us that we might comfort others in their time of need because we have first been comforted by you, holy God, and now I can give something to somebody else because you have given me something and now I have to dispense it. But you know what the church does? It's all about me, Jesus. It's all about me. Comfort me that I can comfort myself. Oh man, please. Comfort you that you might comfort others. You know, did y'all see that crash in the last couple of days where the 50 folks died? And the one woman that had uh, lost her husband in 9-11 and then she got on the plane at the last minute and she's lost her life now. You can only imagine what must be going through that family this morning. And all those that lost the victims in that horrific fire. Man, they need to have comfort. You know, when tragedies hit, that's the first thing I've learned to pray. I begin to pray, Holy Spirit, would you begin to minister in powerful ways in that situation? Would you begin to make the church the church? Would the church show up? Would Christ's followers show up and display light in a very dark and hurting world? That's reality in the church. So here it is. Be aware of the needs. God is already at work around you. How many of you believe that God's at work this morning, right now in this room, and all around this campus? God is doing things right now, supernaturally. In, in unseen worlds, man, God is active, and He's moving, and He's drawing, and He's pulling, and He's nudging, and He's convicting, and He's challenging. And even we can learn, there's a show, maybe you've watched it, it's called American Idol. You don't have to raise your hand if you watched it, but I have. And American Idol... A secular, worldly, fun, 
field show organization and early in the show people that can't sing. I mean, it's a little bit scary, okay? But idol teaches us something of the kingdom. They have a concept that they started a few years ago. It's called idol gives back. Millions of dollars given back to people that have needs. The church should be leading the way on meeting the needs of other people. This week, one of my favorite shows, Extreme Home Makeover, Ty Pennington. I don't even know if he's a Christ follower. But he said this. He says, my life has been forever altered by the life of this show, by giving my life away. Whether he's a Christ follower or not, truth is truth, and he has tapped into the eternal truth. And did you know Extreme Home Makeover is coming to Montgomery this week? Isn't that amazing? And, you know, we watch it, and, like, and they'll, they're going to go, Montgomery, Alabama. Everybody's like, I don't know where that is. Well, greater than that, what are the needs around us? And we go, Lord, I can be aware. I can begin to meet needs. I can begin to take cues from your word, not from the world. Here's the next one. Get ready. Be available to do what he tells you to do. When God tells you to do something, don't go, you know, I think maybe 250 would be a good day of 2015. Can I tell you, I had it all figured out right here last week. I was sitting here in my chair just like y'all being as spiritual as everybody else. was praising God, worshiping. Holy Spirit was slamming me. You going to do something? Lord, next Tuesday I'm going to do it. I'm going to talk to the elders. <laughs> Praise God, I'm singing. I'm just having a ball like everybody else. Holy Spirit, man, he's having a slam dunk. We were in a wrestling match, and you know who won? He did. First service, I blew it. Second service, he started that again. Uh, just grinding on me. And y'all are just having fun. Everybody's smiling. I'm, I'm miserable. I'm just going, man, I'm just... My God, I give. And Matt, what is Matt preaching last weekend? Just say no. That was his message. I heard it. Just say no. I said, man, that's a great message. No, he kept saying, just say yes. And finally I said, yes, Holy Spirit. A peace came over my heart. And when I said yes in this service last week, I think another part of heaven opened up in this room, didn't it? In this last service, I, I'm trying to help. Somebody needs to come give me a total quick before I just make up a figure. But uh, no, that wouldn't have integrity. But the bottom line is, you just have to say yes. Can you all identify with what I'm saying? You see, I am pastor. I am priest. I'm the man that I try to hear from God and try to lead you. But I struggle with issues. So do y'all, how many people feel better now to go, you mean you have a hard time in worship? Hello? He's a living God. I cry like you. I come under conviction. I come under challenge. I, I get a joy time where I just celebrate and worship in the Lord. He's my God too, you know? You say, well, you're just supposed to be speaking for him. You're not supposed to be feeling all that stuff. Yeah, I am. Do you want a dead preacher? You want one that's connected to the vine? I want to be connected to the vine. Okay, here you go. Get ready. I read this. This is, this is so sad. 800 million people won't eat today. And 300 million of them are children. And we dug those wells, and it only affected 2,000 people. I'll tell you what, that's 2,000 people that won't die because they'll have fresh water for their soul and their body. And along with carrying fresh water to Africa through James Robinson and life today, they will carry the gospel of the good news of Jesus. Here it is. Be active in this work. Don't waste your life. Be active. You know, we have been blessed to be a blessing. What blessing are you today? Lord, I want to bless others. I want to bless your name, Father. Sacrifice your agenda and finances to get involved with God is at work. Fill that in quickly. Sacrifice your agenda, your time, and your finances to follow Christ. And in missions, it's always going to be sacrificial. It's always going to be offering up something to God, saying, God, I focus on your eternal kingdom, not my kingdom. Lord, I trust you. The church at Antioch 
You start in Acts 2, and you see that the church, they were believing, they were joining together in prayer, they were breaking, they were bread, they were teaching, they gave as they had needs. It was a powerful thing. And then you get a little bit later over in the 11th chapter of Acts, and it's the church at Antioch. And the church at Antioch, up to then, they were called like the way. And we were first called Christians at where? The church at Antioch. If you want to know, well, how do you know that? Well, it's basically there in Acts chapter 11, verses 19 and follows. And it's just a beautiful thing that God's hand was upon them. And sometimes when we go through persecution, God scatters the church. And I think we live in a day and age right now that we're going to be under great persecution as Christ followers. But I think the name of Christ will be lifted higher to the ends of the earth through persecution. Look at the underground church. Look at other movements. Here it was Jews. The gospel was being proclaimed to the Jews. And then it went to another group of people called Gentiles, which we are today for the most part. There's a few Jews that worship around here from time to time. And, and then one of our elders, uh, I have a whole Jewish heritage. I praise God for that. But most of us are Gentiles. How many of us Gentiles are glad the gospel came to us? Aren't you glad the gospel is just not for Jewish people today? Could you imagine Nathan Alfred going, y'all can't come to church. It ain't for you. You're not Jewish. Man, 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 that's sad. Jesus died for what? First for the Jew and then for the Gentile. Beautiful thing. Sacrificially they gave. See, here's what I want to say. God wants to give us a world-giving church, a world-altering church. Look at the next one. Be amazed at the goodness of the Lord. Have you been amazed lately just how good God is, what God is doing, what he could do, what he might do? You're saying, well, what he should do? I, I wouldn't get into that. But God, he, he lets us get involved in his work, not because uh, he needs us, it's because he loves us. Dino Rizzo said, we reach the world by serving one. Missions is all about one person at a time for the whole world. We are to be the blessing of the Almighty God. Lord, we love you and we bless you. And today, right now, I want to do something a little different. We've just got a few minutes. I'm going to ask them to pull the lights down. And I'm going to invite people around the living room just to stand up for prayer. It's a time of body life. Adam has a very powerful song that we found the last couple of weeks that we're going to sing and worship. The altar is open. Right now, people just begin to stand across the room. Just stand. You're saying, Lord God, I acknowledge my dependence on you. Lord, I need you. I need breakthrough. I need help. I need healing. Come on, people in this section. These two sections, begin to stand. Come on. Some of you got needs. I don't know what they are. Just stand. Don't miss it like I missed it first service last week. Stand across the room. Okay, that's all we got. The rest of you begin to move in. Begin to move in and target and pray for these people. Right here's a brother. Don't let him stand here. Carmen, would you get him, brother? Some of y'all can begin to pray with my friend. Chuck, you come to the altar. Come on, brother. And Adam's going to begin to sing a song over us. Do not leave. Worship. Adam, let's sing that great song of worship together. That's our prayer, is that in our midst, in our gathering, we would call upon you in power today, God, and you'd fill our lives with the power of Jesus, the resurrected one. We would fellowship with him in the power of his resurrection and also in his suffering, that we would sacrifice ourselves unto you and follow you hard. God, we love you. We thank you for the gathering, the assembling this morning. Lord, maybe there's still one that needs to come to faith. They've watched baptism. They've seen your power. 
over at the cross, there's on your right side of the room, you can just make your way over there. There's somebody there, one of our elders, just to meet with you, to pray over you, to aid you in your spiritual decision of faith, to follow Jesus, to maybe come back to the Lord, to receive prayer. Can we just take a moment just to give that time to breathe? Lord, just move among us. We pray for miracles in these days, God. In our fast, we were asking for more salvations, more baptisms, more miracles, and greater intimacy with you. God, we want more of you today. More of you, Father. More of you, Lord Jesus. Yes, more of you, Holy Spirit. How much more you'll give to those that ask. We ask for more. Adam, can you just come into that course of exalted? The church... You've learned it this first time through. This is going to be our benediction today. Adam, just as we get in that course, let's just sing that with all our heart, and we'll just kind of exit the living room saying, it has been good to be in the house of the Lord. Amen? Put your hands together and praise the one that is worthy. He's worthy. Thank you, God. Thank you for baptism waters. Thank you for your grace and mercy. Let's sing that great course with you, brother.